0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the nashville tour stop podcast my name is aaron and across my living room from me today super fan of the show i would i guess i could call you you're one of the only people that has the uh the denim jacket iron-on patch yeah I please know. welcome Lena to the show
1: <laughs> hi
0: welcome to my home
1: thank you it's I feel like that's
0: become an unofficial slogan of my podcast is, welcome to my home. <laughs> welcome to my house.
1: I like it. All the guitars are really nice. It's cozy. It's
0: cozy. There's
1: no, there's
0: this there's nothing else. This is it. Okay. <laughs> this is it.
1: It's nice. You don't need much more. <laughs> I would
0: like to not have my desk next to my couch, but I'll, I'll suffice for now.
1: Yeah. One of these
0: okay. days, I won't have to do this.
1: One day. One day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the thing.
1: Well, wow. Thanks for having me.
0: So you just left work and now you're here. I am. What do you do?
1: I work for the Music Business Association. Um, Yikes. I do registration assistant work.
0: So I don't want to talk about that. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. It's all music business.
0: So I told you before we started recording, but the listeners know I start every episode the same way. Uh, how did you and me meet? You...
1: Probably don't remember. I want to
0: know. Okay. Retell me the story because I don't remember.
1: (laughs) So we met at Sunny's. Okay. Patio Bar. I went to my first tour stop. It was the first tour stop at Sunny's. Really? It was- was March 15th. Yeah.
0: Or March 21st last year.
1: It was one of those dates, but Mac Martin was playing- I know that Caleb Shearer was playing, too, at mm-hmm. some point. He, he did had a teacher. showcase that night. Yeah, yeah. And I came up to you afterwards with my friend Julia.
0: Julia Lauren, yeah.
1: Yeah, we came up and I was like, hi, my name is Lena. And you were like, message me on Instagram. And so <laughs> I message you on Instagram and then the rest is history.
0: And here we are. Here we are. Welcome to my couch.
1: Thanks, it's comfy.
0: <laughs> All because we met at a bar.
1: Oh, because we met at a bar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's the only way I meet any of my friends now, though.
1: I feel like that's how you meet friends in this town.
0: That's how, I mean, that's the only like socialization I really do. Yeah. Is going to these writer's rounds. Same. And my, like, if you tell my, if you tell my family, if I tell my family, you're not going to talk to my family. No. I mean, unless you (laughs) want to call my grandma, Anna, she's a sweetie. Aw, I
1: love grandmas.
0: If you tell them that, like. All I do is hang out in bars. They'd be kind of disappointed. That's not their jam. But like that's that's the only thing there really is to do
1: here. <laughs> it is. this. I always tell people this town is for drinking and praising Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, what am I going to do? Go to a like a hiking trail and <laughs> just go talk to some person with headphones and just tap them on the shoulder and be like, excuse me, how's your day?
1: Yes. Honestly, Okay. I did that in the mountains a couple of weeks ago. Did you really? I did. (laughs) Simply just because I wanted to talk to somebody at the top of the mountain. You are very friendly. I don't know, but I like to talk to people. I do like (laughs) to talk a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing.
0: Where were you hiking and or mountaineering?
1: Uh, The Smokies. I went to Grove Mountain. That's East
0: Tennessee for people who aren't. Tennessee, geographically knowledgeable, yeah. <laughs> or who know how to say things that I just tried saying better. Yeah, <laughs> if you speak gooder English than I does, please tell me.
1: <laughs> hey, I am not very good at speaking either. So honestly, this is a, this is like top tier for me being able to talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, have you always been big into the mountains?
1: I do. I do love the mountains. Where'd um, you grow up? I grew up not in the mountains. Oh, I grew up in the fields. Uh, in Ohio. So,
0: uh, corn.
1: Yeah. Cows.
0: Cows. Flatland USA. Yes. Flatland, I'm All too familiar.
1: Yeah. Midwest.
0: <laughs> the Midwest, the flyover states.
1: Oh, to be fair. I don't think Ohio is the Midwest. There's not a whole lot to
0: do in the Midwest. We complained just a second ago about how there's not really that much to do in Nashville other than go to bars and watch music, but there's extra, not anything to do in the Midwest.
1: Well, actually, in Ohio, we have Cedar Point.
0: Mm, That's true. But they're tearing down the Top Thrill Dragster, so I don't know if I want to go ride the weird banana thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There are better coasters than the Top top Thrill. Top Thrill
0: Dragster? Mm -hmm. That's the one that goes 123 miles an hour. Yeah. Peels your face back.
1: It does. It does. (laughs) You catch bugs.
0: I haven't been there since, gosh, 2009. Been a very long time. 2010.
1: They've gotten new coasters since then.
0: It's gotten new coasters in the last 14 years. Well, so I'd hope so.
1: Yeah, that's, that's very true.
0: All right, so are you really big in roller coasters?
1: I do. I love coasters.
0: I used to love them a lot more when I didn't have to have gear on my head yeah. because I'm always worried that my hearing aids are going to fall off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm, my cochlear implant like magnets to my head. And sometimes even if I like headbang too hard at a concert, it'll fall off. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't want to start putting G forces into the thing and like, ooh, let's see what happens. (laughs) This thing that costs seven thousand dollars. Let's see if I can go like rummage through the gravel below.
1: Yeah. No. Someone actually did that one time. Yikers. They jumped over the fence. It did not end up. Oh
0: I yes. And (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) oh yikes yeah so when they tell you don't jump the fence at a theme park that's uh that's why
1: yeah you're not supposed to do that that's Mm. why there's signs yeah Uh,
0: the safety signs are up there for you guessed it your safety
1: (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so when i used to wear my hearing aids i always had to take them out going on coasters because Mm -hmm. of the same reason i was afraid they were going to fall out like being flipped upside down and Right, They're just going to fall right out of my ears.
0: I'm st- I mean, I still have like dreams that I have them in my ears and I'm dropped into the ocean and it ruins them. So I still even today, I've had my hearing aids, gosh, for almost 14 years and I still have dreams about them like getting ruined.
1: That's like a level of panic that I don't think other people can understand, mm-hmm. like as many people can understand in this world.
0: To For those of you who don't wear hearing aids, so most of the world, uh, I can kind of equate it to those dreams where you are falling in your sleep and you're jolted awake. That's the same kind of feeling. Your feelings of falling uh, like down the stairs, except mine are of being pushed into a swimming pool.
1: Yes, literally <laughs> with my hearing aids on. Yep. Yeah.
0: That's my life.
1: Yeah, mine too. I stopped wearing my hearing aids, but it was mine growing up.
0: So you don't wear your hearing aids now?
1: No, it's no, it's nothing against the hearing aids. I think I'm just rebelling right. a little bit from.
0: Did the, did they like feel weird and sound weird?
1: Yeah, it was just too much. I was overstimulated. Like, we were tell me about, about it. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was one of the hardest things as a kid when I first got mine. Is that I, I was so used to just not hearing stuff that all of a sudden, like the wind blowing or the rain on my rooftop or like crinkling of a newspaper like drove me nuts yeah because i was just so used to just oh it's quiet
1: yeah literally i mean it's serene you just go so long without being able to hear anything and then mm-hmm. they put these devices in your ears and you're like oh i can hear everything this is overwhelming like yeah
0: have you seen those videos of babies who are deaf getting their like hearing aids or their implants turned on and they've like, freak out and the parents start crying. I'm like, yeah, he's freaking out. Not because he can hear, but he's, like, he's actually freaking out. Yeah. Like, what is this?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't, like, imagine getting hearing aids as a baby just because you can see them jump a little bit when it happens. It's it's really shocking when it happens. I
0: still get startled. Yeah. I still get startled by loud noises.
1: (laughs) Puts hearing aids in, Mm -hmm. freaks out a little bit, just for a moment.
0: So... Let's talk about that. I You're the only other guest I've had on that is also partly deaf. Yeah. How did you lose your hearing?
1: Um, I was actually born this way. You
0: they, were just born that way? Yeah. They think I Lady was Gaga. really sick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They think I was sick when I was little, but before they could figure that out, they were just like, yeah, she's been this way since she was born. So which
0: ear is your good one? My right ear. Your right ear? Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah yeah that I always think it's funny when me and you are talking at shows, and we literally have you're one of the only people that understands like you have to talk directly into my ear, <laughs>
1: yes You talk directly into your ear and in front of you, like and be, look at me yes, be make sure you have eye contact, yep, yeah,
0: yeah. For the people who are just looking off into space and they kind of mumble, like, I don't know what you just said, yeah, and i have have you seen Madagascar? Yes. Smile and wave, boys. Literally. Smile and wave.
1: That is my life motto. That
0: is my life motto. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do that way more often than people think. Where people oh my are God, like, "Same." Yeah, Lena. Late. Hi, Lena. And I'm just like, I don't know what they said.
0: I have I've kind of learned how to time out the like when somebody's telling a story. They're super into it. And I look like I'm super interested. And then I figured out where the cadence of like, oh, that's where the joke was. I laugh now. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have done that. <laughs>
1: yeah, honestly, same. Or I'll just laugh when everyone else laughs because I can see everyone else laughing. You're
0: like, oh, that must have been funny.
1: Yeah, that must have been funny. So maybe I should laugh, too. <laughs>
0: do you go to the movie theaters? I do. I don't. Is it- I can't hear the stuff I can I can watch it but I can never understand the dialogue yeah so I just quit going yeah the last time I went to a movie theater was for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness Mm -hmm. and I got a ticket for one of those like panoramic screens to where it's like on all three sides yeah it's projected on the walls and stuff and that was super cool but I also got these special glasses that that, or I guess goggles is better word for it. it looked like they came out of like the late 80s but they showed the closed captions during the movie
1: that's cool
0: but the captions were off by about four seconds so i could see the mouths moving and then the lyrics or the lyrics wow the words would pop up on the screen and be like well i saw that happen and now i have to wait Oh, there's the words. Okay. It was so annoying. (laughs) There's a little bit of a lag. uh, The technology clearly hasn't been improved in a very long time because I had an idea similar to that. But you know how like 3D glasses shows stuff to the viewer that can't be seen, but there's not just extra stuff? I think that there's a way that we could do technology like that where it's just a cheap pair of glasses and then it's just some kind of invisible frame in the TV screen. Or yeah. the movie theater screen that projects with the footage, but it just doesn't show. And only these glasses reveal the, the what do you call it? The Applejacks code at the bottom. Yes. <laughs> the, de- the secret decoder ring that you get in the, the cereal box, that kind of stuff.
1: That's a cool idea. Um,
0: Patent pending.
1: I would use that. <laughs> I would use it.
0: You can't steal my idea.
1: Okay, I won't. It's but okay. You should put it in movement.
0: Yeah, if anybody is an app developer or has a bajillion dollars, I'll sell it to you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) For a bajillion dollars only.
0: Right. So let's see. So you were born with just one good ear then? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've never really known anything else.
1: No. And it's honestly sort of a privilege because I don't know what it's like to have two ears. So I've just adjusted my whole life to one ear.
0: So does sound still... Sound like it's coming straight on then? Or do you notice it being more right side heavy?
1: Right side heavy. Right side
0: heavy for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've learned to pay attention to what's happening on my left side, but it's so much quieter that even if there was something important being said or done on my left side, I wouldn't really hear it.
0: I always position myself at tables and stuff to where I am always on the side where my right ear is facing. The person I'm with. Yeah. Which means me and you would have to face opposite directions. Yes. <laughs> at a table to have both of our good ears pointed.
1: <laughs> we could just sit at the ends of the table.
0: Yeah. Or we can just shout.
1: Yeah. We could just shout. That's also possible.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, I've, I've been, I'm such a loud talker anyways, and people partly assume, partly correctly also, that it's because I have lo- uh, have so much hearing loss. Yeah. But it's also because of my job. And I can't be an m c and a host of a show at a bar and come into it with this "Oh hi, everybody, yeah, thanks for showing up, yeah, have a good night, tape your bartender. No, Isn't... I gotta come in like, "Hey, welcome, everybody. I do the same thing on the podcast, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that kind of stuff is yeah. that's that's part of me now,
1: yeah. <laughs> And I, people say that I talk loud too, which I am naturally also a loud talker. Um, and people will always be like, well, it's because you're deaf, like they tell you. Mm. And I'm like, but that doesn't really. That's not all of it. That's not all of it. I just am naturally loud. My whole family is loud.
0: It's loud talkers. Yeah. I come from a family of loud talkers also.
1: Yeah. So if you're used to people screaming all the time. I'm used <laughs> just, to it. You scream too. <laughs> That's also
0: why we didn't notice that I was losing my hearing until I was like 10.
1: Yeah. Because everything was already loud. <laughs> Everyone was already
0: a loud talker. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so have you noticed that it's influenced or affected your, your playing? Are you singing at all?
1: Uh not in really. I definitely have a hard time hearing other people when they're around me. Mm-hmm. Uh the biggest uh struggle that I have is in band settings. Okay. I can't hear anything in band se- settings, even myself. Um, but I think that's a lot of people relate to that. Right. Um, so, Have you um, ever
0: tried uh, in-ear monitors?
1: I love in-ear monitors. Does they, that help a lot? They are life-saving, yeah. Or
0: in, in-ear, singular monitor?
1: Yeah. <laughs> they don't have... The only people that make one-ear ear, in-ear monitors are sensiphonic. What is that? It's an... uh. It's an in-ear company that creates uh, IEMs. That's what they're called, right? I- IEMs. Um, yeah, they create- I've never heard of that. <laughs> in-ear monitors. They create in-ear monitors. Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> you're like an
0: acronym for the thing we're talking about, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're
1: good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they create in-ear monitors. And it was a, um audiologist that created it in, I think, the 90s. And they're the only ones that create single-eared. Okay.
0: So they specialize in that single-ear feel and sound.
1: Yeah, for bilateral hearing loss. I think there's just so many people with bilateral that they created one set of them for those that are struggling with bilateral
0: hearing loss. What I'm waiting for is when just someday I can have like a headphone jack just implanted in my head and I can just plug it right in
1: yes
0: (laughs) no more of this no more of this implant stuff with the magnet and everything just give me a jack let me look kind of like a like a james bond villain with wires coming out of my noggin (laughs) and then i'll play rock guitar
1: yes yeah
0: (laughs) that's the future
1: that is the future
0: if anybody works for uh science developing companies wow that sounded professional science developing companies (laughs) if any of and if anybody listens and does science we could we can help yes <laughs> we have ideas but not not the know-how
1: yeah i have no ideas
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have nothing
1: bilateral hearing
0: loss <laughs> <laughs> so when did you get into music
1: uh i started playing guitar when i was 11 Okay. Um. Was I learned, it always
0: acoustic guitar?
1: Yeah, it was always acoustic guitar. You
0: weren't like '80s hair metal shredder.
1: No, I could never. Electric guitar actually kind of intimidates me.
0: Really? Yeah. Just, I say is I've got three of them hung up on my walls.
1: I know. I'm I'm fascinated by them. I think they're super cool, and I love when people like I love the sound of them when people play them. Um, I just can't play electric guitar for, <laughs> to save my life i don't know why um, it's the
0: same instrument that's a somehow also a different instrument
1: yeah it's all your hands have to be so light mm-hmm. and i'm not a light player like i'm not a li- uh, light talker right <laughs> i'm not a light player you're a heavy well. player yeah um so playing electric guitar is always makes me nervous but i um I started playing guitar when I was 11 for church. So I was going to church at the time and it was... Were you
0: in the church band or something?
1: Yeah, I was in the worship team. Uh, I was too. Yeah. You gotta love that. <laughs> um, so I did worship music until, played guitar in church until I was, I want to say 22. Wow. Yeah, 22 years old. And when I graduated college, it was the last time I played in a worship band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: that was songwriting always part of it?
1: Songwriting wasn't always part of it. it when I went into college, that's when I started songwriting because I studied music
0: at Belmont, right?
1: No, at Malone University.
0: <gasps> How did I miss that?
1: Yeah, I actually went to undergraduate school in Ohio. okay. at a small Christian school called Malone University. Okay. Um, and I studied music production and business administration there. I uh, graduated with a Bachelor of Arts, moved down to Nashville. I did go to Belmont for a semester.
0: Okay. Where are you doing? You Did you just finish your master's or where are you doing this?
1: I'm in my master's program right now at Middle Tennessee State.
0: Gosh. How did Belmont come into my brain?
1: I did go there for a semester. Just one? Yeah. And everyone in this town, that I feel That couldn't like,
0: have been when we knew one another, though.
1: Yes, it was. Yeah, I met you. No, actually, it wasn't.
0: You were, yeah, because you wouldn't have been at Belmont in March of last year, twenty twenty one, the year of our Lord, Blake Shelton.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. uh Yeah, you're right. We met after I okay. switched. Yeah. So. so,
0: are you doing it all online, or do you actually have to go to the classroom? All online. Good. Yeah. No one wants to drive to Murfreesboro. No. It's no too one does.
1: It is a little far. It's like forty five minutes. My teachers would say it's like 45 minutes there, 30 minutes back.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> it
1: sounds about right. Or
0: if there's traffic, uh, 90 minutes there, a thousand years back.
1: Yes, literally.
0: Yeah. We got asked to do shows for tour stop down in Murfreesboro. Yeah. And the, the guy who was in charge of booking there had... Booked tour stop at other venues he'd worked with in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And he knew the reputation of like good music and good people kind of hanging out. He was like, man, we really want to bring this to this place in Murfreesboro. And I said, dude, I got a level with you. No one wants to drive to Murfreesboro. <laughs>
1: That's true. And
0: my fans sometimes won't drive like to East Nashville. <laughs> really? Like, like when it's a 15 minute drive. That's I true. don't want to ask them to drive to a different city. Yeah. <laughs>
1: East Nashville not that far away. It's not
0: that far. But if you ask somebody to play in Murfreesboro, it's like asking them to play in a different state.
1: It really is. <laughs> Honestly, like if you asked me to play in Murfreesboro, I probably would say yes, just because I love Nashville Tour Stop. But I also would be like, that's really far. It's
0: really far. And none of our friends are going to go down that far. <laughs> yeah. It'd pretty much just be us chilling. And then at the end of it being like, okay, Bye.
1: Well, there's college students down there. Yeah. so
0: Yeah. That's what I told them. I was like, if you want the show, I'm happy to do it. But have the expectation that no one's going to be there. Yeah. Because we're basically going to have to start building an entirely new community around MTSU and the scene there. Yeah. You can't expect Nashville's best bands to drive super far to a gig that, again, still pays zero bucks. Yeah. Like that's that's the long and short of it. It's just people we all want to make money, and we're willing to drive short distances to play for free where our friends will also be, yeah, we aren't particularly willing to drive to really far away places for no money where our friends will not be, yeah, hard pass,
1: yeah, it's kind of crazy how much money is in it, right? mm-hmm,
0: <clears throat> sorry, Mount Juliet, not going.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that is, I actually don't even really know where that is. People talk about east, it and I'm like.
0: It's it's like east on Interstate 40 past the airport.
1: Oh, okay. So
0: again, it's not actually that far, but I mean, from here where I live, it would be a 35 minute drive to Mount Juliet, almost the same as it would be to Murfreesboro. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It's like, I honestly thought it was northeast.
0: Of- Murphy's.
1: No, no, Murfreesboro, I knew where that is. I had to drive there before. Okay. But like Mount Juliet, I was like, I think that's northeast. <clears throat> I yet, did not know it was that close by the airport. And
0: see, what's also backwards about Nashville, for those of you who may not be familiar with like the layout of the city, normally with cities, like there's tiny little... Counties within it, and there's like the city of Nashville County, and then there's all the little bubbles around it. But Nashville is kind of backwards of that. We have all of these count or we have all of these cities that are covered by the same county, Davidson County. And Davidson County has eight cities in it. It it's why the metro population of Nashville is like two and a half million people. It's because they count Nashville as Davidson County. Yeah. And that's almost all the way down into Franklin.
1: Yeah. Cause it's not a city. It's yeah. it's a metro.
0: Yeah, it's it's bonkers. Just yeah. how big, like, oh, I'm from Nashville, but you're like 25 miles away.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. That'd be like saying, Oh, I'm from Chicago, but I live in Gary, Indiana.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, hey, let's take a quick break and we'll come right back with the Nashville Touristyle podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nashville Tourist Stop podcast. This is Aaron, and across the couch from me to oh god, I heard it, I heard it again. Across the couch, my my accent came right back. <laughs> <laughs> across the couch from me today is Lena. Right there. Hi. Howdy.
1: Welcome back, y'all. My
0: God, I worked really hard when I was in college to flatten my accent because I did have quite a quite a Missouri drawl as a kid. No way, I did. <laughs> and when I was an English major in school, or I guess that's the, what I kind of called myself right at the end because I technically had the whole like uh, general studies degree we just talked about during the break. Yeah. But the English major stuff really kind of forced me to. I had because I would have to like recite stuff in front of the class. Yeah. And I didn't want to start taking stuff in front of the class and howdy everybody. This is this is a this is part of a Shakespeare play. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I really didn't want to have to start speaking with a twang, so I worked really hard to flatten the accent.
1: Yeah. I think I would love to hear Aaron with a southern accent <laughs> growing up.
0: Well, every now and then it kind of slips out if I have a couple beers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We'll put a couple beers in you.
0: I also kind of tend to, uh, what do you say, sponge the sound of people that I'm like hanging out with. Oh no! Same. So if I'm hanging out with my like hillbilly country friends, <laughs> man, that that bush light sure does taste good tonight. Yeah, it sure. It it, it just kind of does slip out.
1: Yeah, it does.
0: Yeah, but fortunately here in the big city of Nashville, I learned how to not. Speak like a yokel.
1: Literally, I cannot. I also sponge people's accents. Really? So I'll be with British people, people that are from England, and I'll start talking like this. <laughs> to start. Have talking. you ever been to London? No, never. I did that when life. I
0: was on tour in Europe uh, or England specifically because I was there for two weeks. And by the end of it I was just speaking a little bit more proper. Yes. <laughs> it's so it's so hard not to. It's hard not to because mm-hmm. I think maybe it's just that like human thing we kind of want to be like the people around us and like we just we want to feel like we fit in. And if it means speaking like this I will think that that's just downright skippy.
1: <laughs> that was like a southern accent mixed with an <laughs>
0: English accent. My favorite thing to do with foreigners though is asking them to do American Southern accents. Yes. And I forget who the girl was, but it was somebody that I had met downtown at one of my shows once. And I asked her to do a Southern American accent. She goes, Y'all ready to go down to the McDonald's, get ourselves a burger? <laughs> it's
1: like, the McDonald's. Like, you really do
0: sound just like the rest of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so true.
0: I've been Man. terrible at accents my whole life. So I, I choose not to.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not very good at them. But when I talk in them, I feel bad because <laughs> I've talked in them and I've butchered it.
0: <laughs> right. I've also never been good at impressions. I, I've always wanted to be able to do like cartoon character voices, mm-hmm. but I can never.
1: Yeah, no, I can't.
0: I have one voice. Just this one. What is it? <laughs> oh, yours. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're like, I'm waiting for it. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is the one.
1: <laughs> I used to try to imitate Fozzie Bear fozzy bear yeah you can do a
0: fuzzy bear
1: Fuzzy, that's <laughs> not really good it's so not.
0: have you ever watched bob's burgers no there's a character named teddy who is uh like a plumber a handyman who comes into the burger place all the time and he's one of the only people who i think i can kind of do an impression of because he sounds just like ray romano yeah goes, oh how are you doing there bob and like that was really good. Yeah, like that's that's the only one I can kind of do, but I don't even try to do the whole Stewie or Peter Griffin or the Simpsons. I don't try any of that.
1: I feel like that accent kind of sounds like Peter Griffin.
0: <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it could pass. It could pass.
0: So, in the break we were talking about the the kind of growing up of of Ohio and flatland middle america yeah but there you said there wasn't really much of a music scene there There they're an arts community but not really like a a musicy songwriter place
1: right there's musicians there for sure i mean Mm -hmm. i'm an example yeah (laughs) but there's not much of a, a scene that go out and play and meet people um
0: Right, like you're not gonna have enough people to have a writer's round. Right. Right. Yeah.
1: There's not enough writers' rounds don't exist okay. anywhere but Nashville, it feels like, too. So I know
0: we live in a bubble.
1: We do, we really do. And uh in Ohio it's mostly band playing. So okay. and it's cover bands, so it's not really original music. Right. So there's not really a lot of songwriters.
0: Was it weird being kind of an outlier as a songwriter growing up?
1: It was. You also don't feel like understood completely mm-hmm. because no one's writing songs with you so you're kind of like the small town hero in some way <laughs> that's because cool you're the one that's like oh you're writing your own songs you're singing your own like material man no one else is doing that um out so of out of
0: the bubble of nashville songwriting is a lot more mysterious mm-hmm. i mean it's it's plain as day here but when i was growing up there were a couple of kids in my high school that wrote songs.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: but being one of those kids, like if you if you wrote a song, girls in my high school were like, "Oh my god, he's a songwriter." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm in this band."
1: <laughs> yeah, and now in Nashville, in Nashville, everyone's just like, "Oh, you're a songwriter," because yeah. everyone's <laughs> you're almost a with contempt.
0: Like, ah, oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that is nice though about Nashville being like. It's kind of on the opposite end of that contempt is if you tell someone you're in music or that you're a songwriter, people accept that it's real. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I was back in Missouri, if you said, oh, I'm a, I'm a songwriter, they're like, cool, but what do you do? Yeah. If you tell someone in Nashville that you're a songwriter, like, cool, where? <laughs>
1: yeah. Some people back home will ask me what I'm doing in Nashville and I'm, I'll am i say, I'm writing songs and I'm playing out and they're like, well, what do you mean? What are you doing when you're not doing that? And I'm like, that's my job. Like, It's to play out and right. to, to write songs. That's why I moved to Nashville. Um, and obviously, I do have a day job, but they get that. They understand that, but they don't understand the music portion mm-hmm. because there is none of that in Ohio. There is none of that around them growing up. So...
0: What made you want to start writing to begin with?
1: Emotions. <laughs> <laughs> My feelings. Yes. <laughs> going through processing and trying to understand myself and mm-hmm. the things that were going on around me. And I'm sure a lot of songwriters have sat across from you and said, well, I was going through this hard time and I wanted to write a song about it. And that's true. I didn't really grow up with the best family life. Right. so. How I coped was writing songs and playing my guitar.
0: It was it's like therapy that I can finally afford.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> or just therapy in general. Therapy in
0: general. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did uh did you always want to get into songwriting or was there ever uh, like because you're doing music business programs? Was was there something else besides the artistry or did you move here to do something else?
1: Yeah, so I actually moved to Nashville to be a publisher. That was my end goal, has been my end goal since I started college. Cool. And I moved to Nashville, and that completely changed after I started playing out.
0: Because you start having a lot of fun.
1: I had so much fun. (laughs) Like I said, there's not a lot of scene in um, Ohio to play, so I didn't really get a lot of chance to go out and experience what I experience here. And so coming here and being able to go out and play, it was a whole other part of artistry and music that I didn't know. And so when I did that, I was like, wow, I love this. I need to do this full-time. So
0: would uh would you take if you ha- if you had to pick one or the other being a publisher or an artist, which at this point would you want to choose?
1: An artist. An artist. For sure. That's like <laughs> black and white for me like it's completely night and day
0: right and i think that's one of the nice things about nashville is that there there really doesn't have to be one or the other there can be both yeah it's true and i feel like once you bridge the gap between having a traditional day job to getting to that first shall we say it like step of like this is my music industry career now once you are on that first step the stairwell just there becomes so many more things that you can do yeah. that are adjacent to that, where it's yeah. like when I was a candy maker, that was the end all be all of what I could do as a candy maker.
1: Yeah. You and, were a candy maker?
0: Oh, have I never told that to you? No. So that's that's my origin story. <laughs> uh, I was in, uh, I think I was in ninth grade and my economics class in junior high school We did a job shadowing program. So I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was 14, 15 years old. Like what kind of 15 year old knows what they want to do. Right. And a family friend of ours named Mike Atkinson and his family owned a candy store. And once a year during Valentine's Day, they would bring on their family friends to come work for a day or two to help with the candy production because they were making chocolate covered strawberries and the volume of candy they would put out definitely outweighed the number of people they had working for them normally. So every year they'd bring on like me and my buddy and my parents and stuff. And we would go do that. And they'd give us a little bit of free candy and they'd pay us a little bit of money. And then I felt great and had a good time. And then I was like, well, you know, I got to do this project. I know this guy owns a business. I might someday want to own a business. Who knows? Yeah, look at me now. <laughs> but I job shadowed him and made a little bit of candy that day and he showed me kind of what he does on a day-to-day basis and after at the end of that job shadowing like class for my school, he was just like, "Hey, do you so you want to work here?" It's like, "Yeah." Sweet. <laughs> and I literally got my job that like a week later he <laughs> I remember he called me on a cell phone that still had an antenna really yeah I had an I had an LG view which was a touchscreen phone technically yeah that could uh broadcast live tv but to broadcast a live tv and to take calls it still had the three inch antenna so I took that call and he's like hey man you just want to work here I'm like Heck yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. So I worked at the candy store from 2009 until 2017. That's when I moved to Nashville. Yeah. I worked there for eight and a half years, nine and a half years, however math works out.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. So
0: by the end of my tenure there, I was full-time candy maker. Yeah. Yep. So I I was there, what's called like chocolate molding. So we would have plastic frames. For different kinds of candy, and it was my job to make the chocolate lollipops and the chocolate like snowmen and all of the three D things. So by the end of my time there, I was quite uh, quite well versed in how to make fancy candies.
1: That's so cool! You were candy man.
0: College girlfriend uh, on our first date, I made her a dozen red chocolate roses with green mint chocolate leaves and put them on twelve inch lollipop stems, and. I put them in – I, like, tied the the bow, and I had the wrapping and everything, and I presented her with a bouquet of a dozen chocolate flowers.
1: That's so sweet. It was
0: the sweetest thing I've ever done.
1: That is so sweet. Yeah, wow. that was part
0: of the job, you know, being sweet. Ha, ha,
1: ha, 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 Ha ha! So funny. That was such oh, a bad I wish part. you
0: guys could have just seen how hard Lena just rolled her eyes. She was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh my gosh! I didn't know that you saw that.
0: <laughs> but I do have a, a background in candy. That's, yeah, that's my that's my uh, my beginning.
1: That's cool. But you're right. There's not much place to grow out yeah. of those types of jobs. So
0: you reach you reach that that zenith of what the job does and what the company does and unless you own it, there's really not a whole lot else you can do. I can't scale that between like just making more. That's pretty much it. Yeah. And I, I always strove for, for more. So that's why when I got out of school, eventually it was just like, I gotta, I gotta do something else. I gotta get out of this town.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. That's how I felt leaving Ohio after I graduated college.
0: So what year did you graduate from school?
1: 2021
0: 2021 mm-hmm. so fortunately you didn't have to be in nashville for the covid shutdown
1: no i was in college for the covid shutdown
0: so you had a lot of online school
1: yes i did i did <laughs> i lived on campus still but i lived in a in a dorm room in the men's oh wow dorm building um, that's weird yeah it was an interesting time it yeah no kidding and uh I did all my classes from my bedroom. So it was, I loved it. I I know that COVID was hard for a lot of people. And
0: my college experience was very different. Having lecture halls with like 500 students in them.
1: Oh, well, my college only has like 1,200 students. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it was a very small school. Very small school.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't mind the big university feel, the anonymity in the classroom. I didn't really mind that. But I mean- I never strove to be a student or an academic. Like, I knew I wanted to be a musician from, I think I was 17 when I decided. I was like, this is what I got to do. I got to be in music. And when college came around, that was when I started writing songs more seriously and playing the acoustic guitar more seriously. Yeah. And eventually I was just like, this is is the only thing. There was never another option. Right. So the whole time I was in college, I just didn't care.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I... I put a lot of efforts into school. I I mean I still am. Mm-hmm. I'm still in school. So presently. Yes. Presently <laughs> in school. Um
0: don't give up.
1: I won't. <laughs> I'm too far to give up. I'm too far. Yeah, I only have no joke. 17 credits left to complete my whole entire degree. You are
0: right there at the bitter end.
1: Right there. And then I'm done forever. That's my thought and my hope. <laughs> um school is school is uh It's always meant a lot to me because it's structure. Mm -hmm. You have some sort of schedule that you follow, things you have to turn in, and it keeps you on your toes a little bit.
0: Do you thrive on that kind of routine?
1: I do. I really do. Um, But I do love my breaks where I get to just do music Mm -hmm. and
0: work. So at what point are you going to graduate, you said? 2024. Okay, so... You still have, let's see, just a little over a year left then or a little under a year left.
1: Little under. What year year
0: is it now? Twenty twenty three. Great.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Great.
0: (laughs) I gosh, it wasn't even a month or two ago. I introduced people to a show and I wholeheartedly meant it when I said twenty (laughs) twenty one. I introduced people to a show. I said the date and it finished with twenty twenty one. And this girl from just randomly behind the bar just goes. When do you think you are?
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. It's funny. I told someone the other day I was 21.
0: And you're 24? I'm 24. You forgot how old you
1: are. I did. I was like, uh, I think. I was just thinking that you asked if I was 21 or older. And so my brain went to, I'm 21.
0: <laughs> oh, God. yeah. Your brain just defaulted. And you're like, yes, I am this, but also more. <laughs> yes, plus three. It's <laughs> like that bonus curly french fry at the bottom of a bag. You're just like, I I am this, but then there's also extra.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that analogy before, but yes.
0: So you said you you love those breaks when you finally get to focus on music a little bit. Um I had the pleasure of getting to see you play at Pilgrimage Festival this year. Yeah. Or I guess that was technically last year, 2022.
1: Yeah, yeah. What was
0: that like?
1: Oh, it's mind-blowing. It's, it's
0: one of I, the biggest festivals in Central Tennessee or in Tennessee in general, if uh, you are unfamiliar with Pilgrimage Festival.
1: Yeah, and – I had never been to Pilgrimage Fest and I've also never played a festival. And so when the Black Opry asked me if I'd come and play Pilgrimage Festival with them, I had no idea what to expect.
0: That's awesome.
1: Zero expectations. I got there. Everybody was super sweet. The crew was super sweet. The Black Opry members were super sweet. And I was like, and that was my first show with the Black Opry mm-hmm. too. So it was just, I went in with a bang. So like, had you
0: rehearsed with the band prior to performing with them? No. They wow.
1: they heard my song. I sent that to them and we went on the stage and we played. And they it. just got it. Yeah. They That's just the got brilliance it. Brilliance
0: of working with pro musicians. It is. They just know it.
1: Welcome to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> Nashville surrounded with them.
0: Yeah, people playing Pilgrimage Festival aren't just gonna listen to it once and be like, I can I, I'll get it. They're gonna have that chart golden and every note they play is going to be correct.
1: Yes, it's very <laughs> true. The band was super great.
0: So tell us about the Black Opry and your involvement there and what that organization does.
1: Yeah. So the Black Opry is an organization that supports um, Black people and in Americana, blues, uh, folk, singer, songwriter. And they are here in Nashville, located in Nashville. But all the artists are all over the place. That's just, cool. We all come from a lot of different places. Um, but my involvement is they, I'm just a member of the group. I'm lucky to be a member of the group. Um, How many
0: people are active?
1: Uh, I don't know. Hundreds?
0: Hundreds. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's a it's a large community. Uh, we just celebrated uh, their induction into the country music hall of fame
0: that's super cool for the
1: american recents and it was super awesome being able to go So you're
0: technically a country music hall of fame inductee yeah
1: technically. Pretty I, I guess so so everyone was just walking around Congratulations. i'll put that in the
0: episode link <laughs> yes.
1: yes so if you go to the country music hall of fame and you go to the american recents you'll see us next to miko mark
0: so, yeah, in, in the episode name, I'll put it as being, like, Lena, singer-songwriter, country music hall of fame inductee.
1: Word. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, it's super awesome. And then, you know, like, some of my friends have their, like, instruments in there, in the display. Mm-hmm. So it's super cool to see.
0: So do they do shows very often?
1: Yeah. Um, they do shows in all bunch of different places. I just did a show in February in memphis cool at crosstown arts with uh, oh so Ailey. it's not
0: just shows here in town but they do shows all over the country then yeah yeah awesome
1: mm-hmm. uh so the organization's based here but it's everywhere
0: they they have shows performing everywhere yeah it's mm-hmm. kind of is it kind of like the tour stop name where it's it's not so much one person but it's the the community of people that they go there and it becomes that thing yeah cool
1: mm-hmm. You call it the black opera review cool yeah it's super awesome um
0: are there any shows that you're part of uh, coming up here in Nashville?
1: Not right now, but I'm always open whenever they ask me. I'm like, yes, I <laughs> yes. am there. I'll am drop there. I'll
0: drop anything.
1: <laughs> I will drop it. I will come. <laughs> <laughs> I just love them so much.
0: So playing a major music festival is huge. It I is. Mean, that's that's got to be one of those landmarks for for any musician in Nashville. Yeah. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Let's Thank talk you.
0: about the things you do want to accomplish beyond major music festival since you've already got that one. Yeah. Tell me about some of the places in town you'd like to play at or like goals you as a musician and an artist, you, things you want to accomplish.
1: Yeah, my goal since I moved to Nashville, other than being a publisher, was to sell out the Ryman Auditorium. Cool. If I can sell out the Ryman Auditorium, I don't care where else I play.
0: 7,000 tickets is a hefty bill.
1: It's, it's, that's, that's the place
0: to be. It's doable though.
1: Yeah. Um, People sell it out all the time. And I want to be one of those people. It's just something about that space.
0: Have you been on stage there before?
1: I have. I've actually, I've played the stage uh, during, uh, because I was an employee for the Ryman and for the Opry for so long um, that they do this thing called Stars on Stage where they let employees, um, put on a show
0: that's cool and
1: so i got to do that with a couple of my friends and so
0: you actually got to perform on stage there already
1: yeah i got to perform on stage and i did i used to do load in and load out for them as well so i was i was on that stage all the time but there's just something different about looking out your name on the poster with your name on the poster and you every want that seat hat full. show print yes i want that hat show print <laughs> my wall at home is actually covered in hat show prints. wow uh, I love them. I collect them. I get them at every single show I go to because they're all unique. So
0: that's that's I mean, I don't want to even say it's a cop out because it's every musician in Nashville's goal to want to play there. Yeah. Because if you can sell out the Ryman, it is a testament of I have I have made it. Yeah. We all come here with this. I have arrived attitude. Mm-hmm. And once you can play the Ryman and sell it out, that's when you can kind of match up the energy of i have arrived i made it
1: yes exactly (laughs) i think there's just something special about the space that everyone wants and those stained
0: glass windows in the back are i mean the iconic stained glass windows in the back
1: yeah yeah there's like when people come out of town and play there they'll put a focus like a light outside to shine in to shine on, the stain, through. on the stained glass windows. Because it's uh, when it's
0: nighttime, I mean, obviously, there's not going to be any light coming through it. Right. So they have to have those spots to illuminate. Yes. I've only gotten to see one show at the Ryman. I saw Toto. Really? I saw Toto. Gonna take a lot. Drag me, me away, away from, from you. you. They blessed the rains down in Africa for like 12 minutes.
1: I love that.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> That's the only show I've seen there. I would love to go see some of these other ones like uh, Jason Isbell does the residency there every year. Yeah. But those sell out so fast. They do. Because, again, it's a pretty small room. Like 7,000 tickets is a lot. But in this grand scheme of like Nissan Stadium is 55 or 65,000. Yeah. 7,000 is nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like – um
0: So here we had to make an edit because I was very wrong. Lena corrected me. It does not seat 7,000. How many did you say it seated?
1: 2,456 seats. Okay,
0: so that's much, 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 much smaller. Yeah. So even more attainable. Yeah. That's what I love about people who are in Nashville is, yes, we all have the lofty stadium goals, but there there's those goals that are also the attainables. Yeah. And like when I first started Tour Stop, one of my goals wasn't to sell out shows. It wasn't to have millions of dollars. It was literally to pay my electric bill. Yeah. It was like my electric bill was generally like $50 or something a month. And I was like, if I can make enough money to pay that bill, that's goal number one. And that yeah. was an attainable goal. And I have since leveled up the attainable goals just a little bit but yeah that's that selling 2000 something tickets is absolutely a realistic goal that someone at any level almost could achieve with the right team
1: yeah with the right team and hopefully
0: the good songs What you got them
1: yeah thank you (laughs) thank you and that's that's the thing is every time you reach a goal you go to the next goal but right now that's my goal Mm -hmm. um i play to bars and empty seats but if I could play to a full to a full room of 2,000 people that's I feel like that's just the start right so I think next
0: 7,000 then 65,000 then 65,000 yeah so (laughs) then (laughs)
1: 100,000 yeah
0: we'll go to the 100,000 they're not before too long then yes University (laughs) of Michigan we see you biggest stadium in America really yeah it's some it's over 100,000 people Oh my God. It's a humongous stadium. Yeah. For football.
1: Yay. Yay.
0: Yeah, I don't really care about that.
1: I know nothing about football. <laughs> but what
0: I do care about is that you have a new song coming out.
1: I do. Tell us
0: about your new single called Witch Hunt.
1: Yes. Witch Hunt is about everything female empowerment. Um, obviously, I mean, I identify as a woman and we go through many different things in. The world and with, with our bodies, with the expectations of our, ourselves and the things that we weigh on ourselves, the way the things that the world weighs on us, it's all different. And I wanted to write a song that embodied that and really talked about the struggles that we go through and bring light to it. And also just stand our ground. I say that in the song, just right. say, hey, sisters, let's stand our ground because we don't have to be all of these things. We don't have to care about all these things that people are telling us to be. Um, and I co-wrote with a couple of people in town that are also all women. So it was really nice to to team up and do that. Uh, it comes out on May 19th.
0: May 19th.
1: It's been it's a long a, it's time. It's a Friday. Coming. It is a Friday. It'll be a great day. Yes. It's not a Tuesday this time. Not a
0: Tuesday. (laughs) Uh, That reference, if you also didn't get it. Lena, tell us about your last single.
1: Yeah, my last single, Tuesday, came out on a Tuesday in February. Uh, It's all about life being not too short. Right. You've got plenty of time.
0: It's a banger. It's a fun one. Thank you. That's one of the things that I like about your music. So many songwriters are so serious and only write ultra- Ultra serious songs, and they all sound angry or sad or whatever. And Tuesday has, well, yes, it does have some serious content to it. It's fun, thank it's, you, and it feels light. It's a bop.
1: Yeah, thank you. It's a bop. I, I wanted it to be something that made people feel good. I walked in, and the producer was like, "What do you want to people to feel?" And I said, "I want to take them to church. I want them to feel like they they left." With some sort of inspiration, some sort of enjoy. In,
0: in it's cool. Yeah. I love that. So you have Witch Hunt coming out on May the 19th, but you've also got more music out on the internet. Yes. Wow. General, just the, the internet.
1: The internet. <laughs> <laughs> the interwebs.
0: There will be a pre-save. We are recording this uh, in April, so... Uh, Go to the link in Lena's bio, and I presume that there will be a pre-save available at some point.
1: At some point, yes. (laughs) We're getting there. We're getting there.
0: We are getting there. Uh, Lena, is there anything you'd like to leave our our guests with before I ask you our final question?
1: I don't. Be kind to one another.
0: Be kind to one another. I love that. So the last question I like to ask, and not everybody. I don't ask everyone, but uh, is there any advice that you can offer to people who are either considering moving to town or may have just moved here or maybe people who have lived here for a long, 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 long time that you can offer your, shall we say, not sage wisdom, but sage wisdom. (laughs) And I will preface by saying it doesn't have to be earth shattering, life changing. It can be. And the example is, as it always will be. Don't eat at the East Nashville Taco Bell. (laughs) Do you have any advice for people listening?
1: Well, I'm not going to eat at the East Nashville Taco Bell. Don't so. go there. It's terrible. <laughs> um, something I always say is you can't be everything before your time. Uh it t- takes it takes time. Everything takes time.
0: Cool. Well, give us your plugs. Tell us where we can find you on the internet.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Laina Official. It's L-A-Y-N-A. If you, you can miss see the- that in
0: the episode name. If you spell it wrong after having seen the episode name, shame on you.
1: <laughs> if you miss the Y, you'll never find me. Um, and then you can also look up my website, Lena Music.
0: That sounds so good. I cannot wait to hear Witch Hunt fully produced thank you me too (laughs) i've only heard it live
1: (laughs) (laughs) so many times
0: (laughs) well ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for being here and listening to the podcast this week you can find us on social media platforms at nashville tour stop you can also check us out on the web at nashviltourstop.com can follow us on patreon and if you'd like to help us get into a new podcast studio and out of my living room me and Lena would both appreciate it yes (laughs) i'll have a comfy couch there no worries but in the meantime please do remember that all roads lead right back here to the nashville tour stop